It's the Bumblecast. I'm your host, Ian Flynn, the Bumble King, and joining me as always is my Bumble co-host, Kyle, JCRB Krauss. Always happy to be here, Ian. Okay, I know it's April Fool's, but dude, that scared the hell out of me. That's good. That's always the objective. Oh, <laughs> uh, you cannot serve me on the fish market because I swallowed that hook, line, and sinker. It was a a long time in the making. Oh wow! Bravo! Thank you. Bravo! But as much as I'd like to accept your accolades and love, I have a bunch of questions in front of me that I need to read to you. <laughs> you realize this is going to be going live well after April Fool's Day. Two days. Okay. And I'm fine with it. If Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog can come out a day before, we can do ours two days after. We certainly can. What a lovely day to be alive with Sonic yeah. being dead. <laughs> I love how I got multiple pe- messages from people saying, he's dead, you're free. And I'm like... You We're never free. didn't choose the form of my destroyer. We'll never be free. He's <laughs> eternal. There is no outrunning Sonic, even in death. Even in death. All right. <laughs> Let's get the show on the road with priority questions from our patrons over at patreon.com slash bumblecast, ko-fi.com slash bumblecast, and our YouTube members. All righty. This first question comes from Alan Kid 10 Remember in the Archie comics when Sally was roboticized, becoming Mecha Sally? What would the story be like if Sonic was roboticized instead of Sally? Uh, that'd be Mecha Madness 2.0, really. Oh, yeah. I, the entire point of Mecha Sally was to, you know, kind of take the heart and the brains of the team and turn it against them. And that's pretty much a riff on the original Mecha Madness. It's what happens if the greatest hero of the team is turned against them. So it would just be a longer version of Mecha Madness. Which Wait, I don't so really think needs to be longer. That was that was a nice one, two, three, or two and a half issues. Yeah. Wait, so it was more than just cool robots? Not by much, but really, do you need more than that? No. No, sir, you don't. All right. Next question comes from Alphamon or you can. Does the IDW version of Angel Island stay floating in one place? Or is it always floating across the world like it did in Archie? For it to make sense, it should be floating around. Because when it was dropped out of the sky in Sonic 3 and Knuckles, it landed just out in the middle of nowhere. But when it dropped out of the sky of Sonic Adventure, it hit land. It landed in Mystic Ruins. So for that to make sense, it's got to move around. Mm. It probably needs some kind of warning system. (laughs) Knuckles just standing on the edge. Look out! Look out! Here I come again! Yeah, check my weather app. Make sure Angel Island won't fall on me today. (laughs) forecast for tomorrow is sunny with a chance of falling islands possible death all right our next question comes from andrew d it's rap battle time gruntilda winky bunyan versus witch cart who wins gruntilda by a mile oh yeah no no argument witch cart couldn't keep it going under pressure and gruntilda is it's her whole shtick yeah no gruntilda by a country mile does it by choice yeah like nah yeah nah Easy, easy, Gruntilda. The OG. All right. Our next question comes from Ann Tails. Hey, Ian, how do I make cats like me? Seriously, every time I go to my in-laws' place, their cat either ignores me or hisses at me. Thanks. I, there is a very real possibility that you can't win this one particular cat over. Because once a cat decides that they don't like you, that's about it. Cats can be jerks. That's, that's all there is to it. Such jerks. Uh... 
what you can do though is not engage because one of the things about cats is that they are very independent and being too engaging might come across as confrontational. If you are relaxed and within their environment, then they become generally more relaxed about you being in that environment. Uh, try not to make direct eye contact because that can be a form of aggression, not the same as dogs, but they can take it as some kind of stare down. And if you do notice that they're looking at you kind of look back at them, give them a slow blink, which is cat language for we're cool. I trust you. I can let my guard down and then look away. Uh, if the, the cat in question does the same to you, like you catch it noticing you or you, you notice that it is looking at you and it kind of blinks and then looks away. Congratulations. That is one step forward. Also food, give them food. Give them treats. Give them lots of snacky things, and that might slowly win them over. Man, they love it when you play hard to get. Oh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Most sundere of animals. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. All right, our next question comes from Osjam. The world of My Hero Academia has always fascinated me with how quirks are realized, as it's even possible for the details of a person's quirk to be changed, as it's quite common for people to discover new things about their powers. So, for the characters of Sonic, what new discoveries of their powers would you create for them? If it is hard to answer, then why, which already made quirks from My Hero Academia would you apply to Sonic characters? As always, go beyond Sonic speed plus ultra Sonic! <laughs> Uh, I would argue that we already have seen a fair bit of growth and that's applying a bit of narrative logic to the alterations of gameplay over time. But you look yeah. at Sonic, One; he's got a spin jump and he's got the spin dash of just rolling with momentum. Sonic 2, he's learned how to charge up that spin dash on the spot. Sonic CD, he learns how to spin up his own feet so he runs faster. We get Drop Dash in Mania. We've got Homing Attack, a way to make that spin jump target individual uh, targets. We get to the Boost Era, and he's learned basically to combine Spin Dash and Figure 8 into just Ghost Fast, you know? So yeah. I would argue that we have seen that arc in Sonic, more or less. Whether it was intended as that arc or not, probably not, but it makes enough sense that he's done so. Yeah. You know, Knuckles had his little one two mix up punch in Sonic 3 and Knuckles, and now he's he got learned full to punch. dig. He learned to dig. He has his own fiery Shoruk, and it's he, the guy has grown. Tails went from just flying to doggy paddle to being your own little personal underwater little propeller scooter, whatever those things are called. In Sonic 4, Amy went from help me, ah, to I'm going to smash you with a hammer. So I would say everybody's had a little bit of growth, at least within the principal cast. Mm. Hammer is a good quirk. Uh, next question comes from Axis. One thing I actually liked a lot about Sonic Chronicles was the combo attacks, where two or more characters team up for a special attack. Unfortunately, Blaze didn't appear in Chronicles, but if she was in the game, what do you think her combat combo attacks with the other characters would look like? Please at least include one for Sonic, Shadow, and Amy in your answer. Ooh, so, so many delightful things. And yes, that's about like the one thing Sonic Chronicles got right without question. Input, yeah, your mileage may vary, but the idea of these characters coming together and kicking all sorts of ass in new and inventive ways, that's good stuff. So, I don't know, you could maybe have 
Blaze enter into her axle spin to supercharge fling Sonic in a spin dash, or just the two of them kind of repeatedly pummeling some poor schmuck with their respective spinning attacks. Uh, Blaze can control her fire, so maybe she just adds an extra bit of fiery oomph to the spin dash. She would make sure Sonic doesn't burn, but whatever he hits is going to be flambéed. Uh, for Shadow, absolutely terrifying aspect of chaos controlling someone into stasis and then just setting them on fire. You can't move. You're just going to burn there and you're going to know it. Um, fireballs on top of a flurry of chaos spears. I, it's not really much for finesse, but it's effective. And as boring as it is of blaze, just puts fire on somebody's attack with a giant flaming hammer is just metal as hell, dude. Yeah. You can't really improve upon that. Although you could also maybe have blaze in her fiery axle spin and Amy spinning with her hammer. And they just kind of go in um, Beyblade style and just spin smash everything on the opposing side. Just lay Omega on fire and have him charge forward. <laughs> Firepower accented with greater fire. I approve. Cream was playable, right? The countryside, burninating the peasants. Sorry, what'd you say? Cream was on was a playable character, right? Yeah, she was primarily the party uh, healer and buffer. All right, combine them, Sonic Man. Um, let's see. I mean, flaming Chow attack again. Not very inventive, but come on. But the obvious, yeah. Yeah, I mean, call it fondue because it's very hot cheese. <laughs> I'm not apologizing for that one. Never apologize. Uh, maybe call something like warming light and everyone gets like a little bit of a warming flame applied to them so that it has uh, perpetual health over time. They can get a flame shield. Flame shield. Yeah. Durr. Right there. Obvious. Just like in the video game. All right. So our next question comes from Batman 69 lol. What if a time traveler stepped on a bug and created a new timeline where Tails and Knuckles' roles were switched? Where Knuckles is the last of his kind and Sonic's best friend saw survival, and Tails is the genius outcast who happened to be the chosen one out one of the thriving and definitely not extinct Fox people. Who must guard the Master Emerald? How would the story of the classic and early modern Sonic games change? Uh, honestly, probably not too much. You know, Sonic 2 doesn't have Sonic rescuing inspiring Tails. He might think that Knuckles is the bad guy beating up onto would-be bullies and misunderstanding the situation, he had prompting, to. prompting Knuckles to chase him throughout Sonic 2, giving you a secondary campaign, and then, oh, wait, Eggman is the general bad guy. Let's take him out together. Uh, left to his own devices with nothing but time on his hands, I can imagine Tails has built up Angel Island to a rustic degree for some creature comforts very rudimentary protective measures around the master emerald and the death egg lands. And Oh my goodness, look at this tech. This is amazing. And here's this genius, kindly old man who's telling me all about all these cool robots. And Oh, look, he's treating all the little animals to their own personal battle mechs. How cool is that? Oh, sweet. And you know, sure. Of course I'll help him against these two, you know, ruffians who are bashing and destroying all of this lovely machinery. Oh, wait, the violent inevitable betrayal. I've been had. The trio go off to kick Eggman's teeth in. And we're back to where we started. Yes, sir. Now, 
how do you reconcile that with, you know, the slaughter of the chow and to call and all that? I don't know, but you were asking about classic Sonic and that was a modern Sonic idea. Loopholes, baby loopholes. All right. This next question comes from Ben R. It's existentialism time. Existentialism. Sticks return. (laughs) (laughs) Sticks returns to insert name of Sonic's world here. And recounts her zany multiverse adventures with a certain Sailor Mouth superhero ninja to Sonic and Company. But in the process, she accidentally spills the beans that they're all just fictional characters in a multimedia franchise spanning across games, comics, and various other media. Assuming they don't write her off as being high on cactus juice, how would each member of the main cast react to learning about this devastating news? Include IDW characters like Surge and Kit. Don't ask why they were listening. They're listening because they're jerks and they don't respect anybody's personal privacy. Uh, no, I mean, I do. I cling to it, but very well, little sh- I wish I'm left. And you never should have entered this world. <laughs> Again, chose the form of my own destroyer. Uh, number one, it's Earth. That It's been settled. It's Earth. It is a variant of Earth. So there's that. Um, Sonic, I imagine, would be kind of momentarily perturbed and then not care. He doesn't really think much of what others think of him, and he's not one to follow a predestined course. So if he were told there are other people on a higher level of reality literally deciding your every movement, he would just try to defy that. Now, granted, that's how I am writing him in this very moment, so to speak, but it would be just in his nature to live his own life, whether it is dictated by someone or not. and probably wouldn't spend too much thought on it knuckles likewise wouldn't particularly care as long as he lives the life as he perceives he's living it he's good if anybody is restricting him well then he's going to problem he does not really get the idea that that's literally impossible for him to do but he would still challenge his fate amy and tails though i feel like they would be more hung up on it that they would dwell on the existential aspect of it and do a lot of soul searching and kind of almost implode to the enormity of this idea. Cause they would be able to actually conceive it and appreciate it for what it is. But I think they're strong enough in character that they would come around to the other side going, well, we lived our lives this far without this knowledge and done as much good and lived in such comfort we might as well continue and you know hope for the best because it's out of our hands. So we will just do what we can with what we have. That's a good one. Surgeon Kit would absolutely implode under that weight because not only does Surge grapple with the idea that she was constructed just to fit somebody's meme-tastic understanding of their universe, but it's even more meta than that that somebody else constructed that scenario, invented her very existence just for this plot point. And once she got over that, she would rail against it. She would do her absolute damnedest to find a way to cross the divide, to find some way into our level of reality just to kick my ass. Rage against the heavens. Exactly. And Kit would follow because that's what he's designed to do. Because he has to. What about Shadow? I think Shadow is so used to the idea of being 
someone else's creation and someone else's pawn in a grander scheme, it would be like, mm, it's a Tuesday. What do you want? Nothing's real anyway. Well, oops on nihilism. <laughs> All, right. All right. Our next question comes from Butter Noodles. In both Sonic Riders Zero Gravity and Sonic Advance 3, there are two moons. While this is likely not planned or even inspired by the obscure background details of two spin-off games, would it be a stretch to connect these second moons with the end? Could this ever be brought up as an actual plot point? I had to look this up because I'm like, wait, really? And <laughs> yeah, there they are. Um, they're not related to the end. I will say that definitively. The end was sealed within Titan Supreme and that was sealed within cyberspace. It it was locked away doubly so, not the end. Uh, Sonic Advance 3, you could maybe hand wave it as timey-wimey, wibbly-bobbly stuff because the whole game centers around reality being broken into pocket dimensions. So you can say that's kind of some weird subspace distortion. Or just say, like, one of the, the larger of the two spheres is a really dramatically inspired moon, and the smaller one is the sun in the background. Because you can see the sun and the moon at the same time, sometimes. Mm. Maybe you could call it that. Well, you the see what is, it is. is yeah. One of the moons is just turned just enough so you can't see it. I mean, maybe. And like the hole in the regular moon. <laughs> it's just turned, and the light's refracted around it. Yeah, why not? As for zero gravity... That one was that was almost eerie seeing that one. It's like, what? Yeah, I wonder if it's a graphical glitch with the skybox, honestly. But uh, yeah, I'm not even going to try to put a narrative answer on that. I think that one's just a oopsie. We can't take it out. We already shipped. Unless this is the real explanation of why we keep seeing a full moon instead of the broken moon is that there's really two moons, and we've just been seeing the unbroken one this entire time. It was two moons the whole time! Wow. I don't know if that's worth pursuing or not. <laughs> Something to think about. Put a pin in it. Yeah, that's right. Two moon theory, baby. All right. I think it's time we take a break. Right. We got one more. Oh, do we? Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm going to get fired after this. Well, the one <laughs> then, then to end this segment off, we have a question from Chaos Sonic 1. Blaze meets Sunset Shimmer from My Little Pony before her redemption. How does it go? Uh, I honestly don't know. I tried looking up Sunset Shimmer, which is really hard to say without practice. Mm. Sally sells seashells by the seashore, you know. And uh, I don't know. She just seems like kind of a self-serving jerk. Not really that much of a threat or an interesting engagement overall. I, I know I'm missing nuance to it those who are fans of my little pony will be much more uh invested in the character and understand this interaction better but i can't really see it being much i mean there was a whole thing about stealing a crown and interdimensional hoo-ha so maybe sunset would get a uh a tip about the soul emeralds and want that for herself think that maybe she can have them and become a real princess perhaps but she doesn't have any particular powers that I could immediately find. So Blaze would stomp her like a bug, and that would be that. Okay. You know more than about it than me. And there are those out there that know far more than I. So if I got that completely wrong, please comment below and let me know how ignorant I am. Do it. All right, now we can take a break. 
Thank God. And just like that, we're back. So, this next question comes from Cece. This has been a burning question for so long. Would Antoine like ratatouille? It's a pretty low-hanging fruit since he's French and he's a passionate cook. But this is very important to me. I think it depends on which Antoine we're talking about. If we're talking, like, post-reboot Antoine, he would be thinking it is a fun film for the children. Yes, you're cooking the food, there is a rat who plays with the hair, it is funny. It also teaches them that uh, anyone can cook and what it takes to be a good cook. So it is a good film, which is a good message. If we're talking Saturday and Antoine, he is terrified because not only is it somebody trying to usurp someone to cook better and his inferiority complex would have him on edge, but he's a, he has a toupee, man. That's not real hair. What if some rat were to crawl into his head and like start yanking it off and exposing his baldness? No, 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 no. Nightmare scenario. Horrible movie for children. Don't show it to anyone. <laughs> uh, well, if you're going to usurp someone, might as well cook. <laughs> All right. Our next question comes from Damien That Hedge. Ian, you mentioned that when you write comics, you hear Roger's voice for Sonic's dialogue. What voice do you hear when you write for classic Sonic? The idea of a higher-pitched Roger is kind of funny to me. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I have anyone's particular voice in mind. It's... A little bit of Jaleel White, more his delivery than his voice, maybe. A little mm. bit of Roger as he is now. It's, we don't really have a voice for classic Sonic. So it's not, we don't have a current voice for classic Sonic. Let me specify that. So it's hard to say like one definitive voice. It's just how I think Sonic should sound. All right. All right. It's Arkle, though. <laughs> now, so next question comes from Dev. I don't know if you guys have seen a fan-made game, Project 06, a sort of remake of Sonic 06, with less bugs and silver and shadow gameplay looking amazing in it. My question is, what are the chances we could get a proper remake of Sonic 06 with gameplay looking like Project 06? I would love playing it on my home console again. I know of it. I haven't followed it because I steer away from fan projects. Um, my understanding of it is it's more or less a kind of remaster of the core game, so it's... I would imagine it's pretty true to the source material, but again, any kind of fan idea in there, I want to make sure that I'm, I've got plausible deniability about it. So, right. Right. I mean, more power to him to stick for sticking with it. Uh, I do not foresee an official version ever being a thing because it was not well received critically. I don't believe it's sold particularly well. And what would the marketing campaign be for it? Here's Sonic 06 again. This time it doesn't suck. How do you spin that, man? I, I don't, that doesn't feel too far off from what they might do. Uh, I mean, maybe. Just maybe. roll with it hard. I, I just don't know if it's worth revisiting. Because it would be a, it's a big game. Even unfinished, it is a big game with lots of stuff to it. Yeah. And to make it really jive with what Sonic is now, it would need like a whole visual overhaul. It, you'd basically be making a new game at that point. And if you're going to make a new game, just make, a new as well game. make something new. Yeah. So I don't know. I could be completely wrong too. Like, I don't know what the higher ups have planned in the super long term. And what I do know is subject to change. I don't have that kind of decision-making authority. Yeah. Wait, so, what? 
but you you run the Sonic. I do not run the Sonic. The Sonic runs me. What? Did Twitter lie to me? <laughs> All day, every day, buddy. Oh, oh, jeez. Oh, that's going to take a while to get used to. Unless you're following my Twitter, and then I tell nothing but truth. Believe only me. Drink the Kool-Aid. Oh, the Bumble Kool-Aid. Yes, sir. All right. Our next question comes from Domino. If you had to write a storybook game set in a Wild West setting, what roles would Sonic the Sonic cast fill, and what would the general plot be? Would anyone would everyone use quirk guns like Fang? <laughs> that might be a fun workaround. Uh, that would actually probably work pretty well because Sonic fills the role of the hero sheriff who just happens to roll into town, literally, to clean it up from the corruption by giant railroad magnet CEO Eggman. Uh, Tails can be the cowardly deputy who falls in line with Sonic, inspired by his heroism. Amy is the tough-as-nails uh, town leader? Mayor? Yeah, mayor. Mayor? Yeah, all right. Who's been trying to keep the town afloat, except Eggman's bought everything out. Knuckles is the gruff-but-understanding bartender who hops the bar to act as his own bouncer if need be. Uh... Shadow, he kind of lends himself to being the the bad in this good, bad, and ugly scenario. Yeah. The black hat cowboy. Yeah. Why is he working for Eggman? I don't know. I mean, this is a storybook game. Maybe we can get away with him being an outright villain just this once. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about him Sonic being a, sh- a sheriff uh, necessarily, because if he's wandering in, he probably wouldn't be a sheriff already. True, true, true. But I mean, just like the White House, the White uh, yeah, House, like the, the Lone Ranger. You know, yeah, the Lone Ranger. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that works. Rouge is the Madam. Oh, of course, of course. And it works out. Synergy with Knuckles. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saving those ships, people. You can sigh. I know you want to. <laughs> Next <Chaotics>. question. <laughs> what are the chaotic? Play it on me. Uh, they're they're the posse. They're the goofballs who try to run things, but they know that they, uh, that you don't question Dr. Eggman. You don't They're the yes-men cops until Sonic comes in. It's like, oh, wait, no, we should actually do our jobs. So Eggman, he really needs that land. Yeah. He's going to build a railroad. It's going to save Once everybody. he finds that deed and it strikes midnight, the entire town will belong to him. Yeah. It's built on gold. Oil and gold. All kinds of gold. (laughs) Okay. For real, the next question is from Dove. Serge and Kit decide to have a night in. With nothing else to do, Kit asks to watch some cartoons. Serge says whatever. They start watching Disney animated films. During which film does Serge finally give up, pretending to be bored, and start singing along? Which song breaks her facade? Hmm. Maybe Aladdin. It's a story of an underdog who gets access to unlimited power and starts living big on it. The whole business about taking responsibility for your actions and being accountable doesn't really sit well with her. But, you know, when he's running through a palace, skating across that marble floor on a diamond and stabbing a snake, she's like, yeah, I'm into it. But which one breaks her facade? I think that one. I think that one. Like Both. Little Mermaid, she's making cracks the entire time about, you know, finally Ariel shut up and yeah, try and blow up that stuff. Go for it. Uh, she's rooting for Ursula the entire time. Excellent. Beauty and the Beast, she's like 
rooting for Gaston, not because she likes him, but because he, she just wants him to turn Beast into a pelt and burn the castle down. She's just rolling her eyes through the whole thing. Tail, is, tail as old as time has her retching, dry heaving start to finish. Aladdin, though, Aladdin, she, she gets one over. Nice. That's one of the good ones. All righty. Next question comes from Elusive Esper, or ESP, one of the two. In the January 16th Bumblecast, you mentioned that Eggman's relationship with Sage grew as an extension of his egotistical nature and is supposed to be off-kilter since the attachment built on all the wrong reasons. I like this premise a lot, especially since I feel it's rather well in line with the game and IDW Eggman's lost soul status as a mad scientist who is so consumed by his ego that he simply hasn't realized that that's not the best way to live life or that he's wrong. However, I can't say it felt like that in the game. I think most people feel like Eggman genuinely respects and cares for Sage as an individual, rather than a relationship built on his ego. His fondness seems genuine. If he is articulating legitimate emotions of love and care, isn't that ultimately growth beyond that, finally putting needs and wants of others first? First, Frontiers didn't get a chance to explore the relationship at all. Most of the development is on the back end unless you farm for the Eggman logs first thing because um, Izuka-san and Kishimoto-san didn't want it to be in the forefront. They wanted it to be a secret and a slow burn until the very end, and then the game's done. So Eggman doesn't really even acknowledge Sage as his daughter until you know she's flying off to space to fight the end. He doesn't, he's kind of coming around to it through the Eggman logs, but it's a very slow process and there is no time to explore it there. Uh, on the other, the other aspect of it is he does care for her. He does see her as his daughter and he does legitimately have feelings for her, but that is born from a very egotistical place. Like it's his daughter, his creation, the summation of his genius and yes, he you know loves and cares for her, but it's because she's his creation. She belongs to him. It is she is an extension of his hubris, his ego, his genius. So while the emotion is not inherently flawed, it comes from a flawed place. You can't have wholesome things when Eggman's around. It's just the rule. I mean, it's certainly wholesome within the context of just the two of them, but mm. in the context of anything else... In the context mm, of reality. Like, it, they have a wonderful bonding time on a father-daughter day out as they completely plunder a village and subjugate all the inhabitants. All right? They've come closer, and they really care for each other, and not so much everyone they've just crushed under their heels. Hey, she wanted a town. He got it for her. Exactly. Yeah. Here you are, Sage. The keys to a shiny new Australia. It's the best one. All right. Next question comes from Exodil. There's a, here's a Sonic Boom episode for you to write off the cuff. Knuckles becomes Enerjack. Hijinks ensue. Go. <laughs> uh, so somehow Knuckles stumbles upon the Chaos Crystals or whatever McGuffin we're going to use. He gets phenomenal godly power. He becomes Enerjack and all that's changed is his wardrobe. Like, he is exactly the same. He comes wandering back and down. Sonic kind of looks up and down. More sports tape? No, I think these are, like, bandages. All right, cool. Want to go to Medburger? No, but okay. Is there anything else to eat around here? And he's, you know, accidentally knocking over mountains and transmutating things in front of him, maybe teleporting. 
because he forgot his keys back home. Keys to what? Doesn't matter. He forgot the keys. And just having all this obscene power and not utilizing it in the slightest. And everyone's kind of like, is Knuckles a little different today? He sounds a little different. Maybe maybe he's got a cold. I don't know. And just completely play it like that. All right. It just he's just causing a bunch of minor inconveniences for himself. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Styx is the only one who realizes something is up and assumes that everyone's brainwashed, but there's nothing really malcontent going on. So eventually she comes around to the idea that Knuckles has uh, not really turned into an evil god. Okay. Well, it's a waste of a perfectly good mask and costume, but all right. It could be worse. You know, Knuckles, did you realize you, you became a godly figure? Uh, I thought I did a little something different today. Uh, that's oh. neat. Like, you kind of, you know, rearrange the coastline by accident. Oh, my bad. Changes it back. You probably should put that away before it causes more trouble. You think? All right. Let's the power go. It vanishes into the ether. It's just gone. But he liked the hat while he had it. Alrighty. The next question comes from Goober Broadcast. Eggman officially became Mr. Tinker in IDW. Witchcart became a nice granny. And Starline found a passion for musical theater. So now... How would an amnesic battle cuckoo go? He settles the battle fortress into the water as an actual island, moves everybody off it, and starts a gigantic bee colony restoration field. Flowering trees, acres of pollinating flowers, and the entire cuckoo armada is devoted to beekeeping and flower keeping for the betterment of the whole world. Oh, he can moonlight as a Chirpendale. <laughs> <laughs> yes he can yes, with a body can. like that who wouldn't well, I mean if you can stomp around in heels like that I mean it's clearly a talent he's working it alright he's working it our next question comes from Happy Times in Mega Man 55 the page representing the ZX games shows up uh, shows all four protagonists with Vent having the X Buster and Ale the Z Saber. If you had ever gotten to cover that period, would that mean Vent would be, have been given Model X and Ale Model V? Who would get to use the Model ZX form? And between Gray and Ash, who would have gotten Model A? I don't know, to be perfectly honest. Once we got to the ZX and Advent era, to sum up those games in a single page is nigh impossible. So that one particular page was meant more as an homage to the era rather than be indicative of any particular plot point or plot line. Uh, I did not have those mapped out by that point. I had figured out where we were going with classic and I knew where I wanted, what I wanted to do with X in a lot of ways, but zero wasn't even really approached yet, even though it does have a nice, concise story to follow and zx not even close it's just so far out yeah now it had a nice storyline too so figuring out you know which story path to acknowledge in which way and you know how to make it all cohesive as one story would have been a fun challenge but we had not remotely gotten there yet so it was more of a point of uh giving a nod to the major elements in that page to say yes this is part of the legacy and wouldn't it have been neat if we had gotten here? Yeah. Sometimes that's all you can do. Alrighty, which means we've come on to our final question for this episode. Illegal Chow Fights asks, During Sonic Adventure 1, Chaos seemed to be under the assumption that he is the last of the Chow. 
Sonic Frontier's prologue, Divergence, shows that there are Chao and Sky Sanctuary, which is very awesome. This seems like it could conflict, though, because if there were Chao on Angel Island during Sonic Adventure 1, then how would Chaos not see that they are still Chao? Did the Chao only move back to Angel Island after slash during the events of Sonic Adventure 1? Are they only in Sky Sanctuary? Or is there some other exclamation? Well, Chaos, from his point of view, saw the Chao slaughtered by... I can never do this right. Pachacamac? The Knuckles tribe. Yeah. Went perfect chaos, started drowning everybody, and then got sealed in the Master Emerald by Tikal. That's it. That's as far as his perception went. So as far as he knew, yes, the Chow were dead. Fast the Chow around when he came out. Well, that's because yeah. Eggman flew up, blew open the Master Emerald, and said, hey, chaos, come with me, and they left. Yeah, they didn't so... really stick around. So he wouldn't know. Yeah. Like he didn't get a chance to explore the island. He didn't get a chance to see anything else. It was Eggman saying, hey, buddy, you want some revenge? And Chaos is like, okay. Ooh. Yeah. So had Chaos been freed on, on, under different circumstances, had he been able to wander and look around and sh- see that Chow do flourish in the world still, it would be different. But he didn't get a chance to be educated in that way. Mm. Well, there you go. And that's going to wrap us up for this edition of the Bumblecast. But before we go, we need to give a big thank you to all our patrons over at patreon.com slash Bumblecast, ko-fi.com slash Bumblecast, and our YouTube members who make this show possible. Big thank you to Daniel H., Jennifer R., James K., John B., Robotnik Home, Sam Cybercat, Samuel P., Torchbound, Mike B., Andrew D., Dave M., Salute Your Cat, J. Frost, Copeland, Group 128, Noni, Dizden, Hero of Light 13, Professor Scruffy Matt, Chris A., Sony, Triforce Riku, John M., Sonic, 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 Scurvy Pirate Hog, Jib, Ben Wolfsbane, Lisa M., Lee HK, Invade Turbo Tunis, Arc Fighter, Chevelle, Stardust, Spectre, Axis, Twilord, Xander, Ernie the Painter, Z Broadcast, Chaos Sonic One, Starlight Sec, Tick Tick, Jonathan D, The Discane, Ink Things, Jolene B, The Name is X, Cameron H, Solaris Stain, Nemec, Godzilla, Nondal, Ava, Ava, Arctic Dove, Just a Mountain Soul, Justin S, Nova Poly Duo, Dadler the Dalek, Alex GS, Joshua S, Sonic Legacy, Jennifer H, Pedanti Cat, Les, Red the Supernamic, Alphamon, or you can Chad, Omega Watt, Jack the Animator, Wildcard 717, Mancher, Red, Jay the Redneck of the Stars and Tails, Angela V, Derusival, Nebius, Genzel, Preston M, Indabin, Sammy S, Noah M, Miguel G, Kajiro Highwind, Awesome Caster, Supersonic Fan, Miles the Prower, Navari, Exodel, Agent Kaz, Radri, Sonic 84, Puppy the Scholar, Chase Else, Four Sonic Fan, Tetsuya the Wise, Rhythm Raccoon, D- Domino AU, Wheelie Doe, Sandra BH, Pigdan 20, The Marble Gardener, Aiden S, Oz Jam, Shimmy M, Curly Quills, Smiley 21, Inzever, Sterling Sonic, Philip is Cold, Conga, Wind Skull, Supernova, Superior Pizza, Sonic Padge, The Thievius, Subliminal, Gino the Puppet, Miggy Sawdust, Planet Breezy, Thick Off Crooker, Vlad, E200, Paragon, Razor, The Crucified Devil, Loop De Loop, Omega Man 21, Dominic the Raccoon, Lemur Chicken, Hannah W, Venus, Bleeding Thumbs 97, Luke R, Unity, Kid. Kedrian, Lori L, Jason G, Cody G, Michael P, Nils, Illegal Shall Fights, Zalok, Miss Nazumi, SB, My Fish Eats Rocks, The ID Card, Philip C, Jonathan F, Hip Kid Brick, Levi C, Amazing, Samoth S, Ed Air, OK Cheesestick, Adrian W, Nebula Noob, Lacey M, Lucky Lychee, Spiral, Knuckle Sandwich 87, Tetsu Knife, Raccoon Shinobi, Normal Person, Marcy H, Caswell, Seator Pajaro Assassinato, El Pajaro Gigante, Queen Assassina, Jalel C, Mor- Morlis, Pickly Pack, M. Blewett, Native Nerd 27, Miles Full Prower, Cool Christy 1, Ultra Guy, Krabo, Slato 02, Noob 600, Sonic Mania 2099, Hadrons, Paley, Ashter, Tenderheart, Fawn, Alejandro 333777, Liam B., Mr. M. Turbo, 
Luce, Roko D, Sheen, Noah I, Emmy, Quazel J, Guts, Jihan S, Snowpear, Florian, The Man of Multimedia, Foofy93, Mr. Snippy, Call Me Ryan, All Peachy, Jamal S, two, Wheels 282, Hedgehog, Meta Mode, Frost the Hobbiton, Denny Light, Butter Noodles, Mile, Miles Prower D, El Technopata, True Sonic, Digilab 79, Razor, Sunblister 16, Travis H, Debian, That Hedge, Rocco Damani, Scourge Time, and The Biggest Bird. Wow, that's a lot. Over 200 names. Are you okay? All of them appreciated. All righty then. Well, that's it for this episode. Yeah, Thank you, Kyle, for navigating as you always have. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Anything you want to plug or mention before we wrap it up? No. <laughs> All righty then. This has been a very fun episode of the Bumblecast. Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. And we will see you next time and keep on bumbling. <laughs> I remember that. You've been listening to The Bumblecast, a co-production of Bumble King Comics and the KNGI Network. Original theme music composed by Ken Coda Snyder, remixed intro version by T-Lopes. Find out more information, as well as the podcast feed links, MP3 downloads, and more at bumbleking.com and kngi.org. have you been waiting in the wings august (laughs) roughly (laughs) uh and kyle knows that i only look at the show notes when we get started oh yeah he knew that i would be completely blindsided listen exquisitely planned oh expertly yeah, expertly planned and executed. You knew exactly when you wouldn't be looking. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, this is the best April Fool's Day ever. Thank you. By thank far, you. You're welcome. By far, yes, thank you. Marvelously excellent job co-hosting the show. By the way. Well, well guess what? I I have the other set of questions in front of me. Well, do you want to keep rolling? Yeah. Why not?